Hello, everybody. Welcome back to our low effort, low quality podcast. This is Liz Brunig. This is my husband, Matt. Hi, everyone. Been a big couple weeks in hot topics. Big couple weeks. The the Kavanaugh hearing stretched on. He did get confirmed. Yep, as I predicted. As we predicted, that was the official position of the cast. That's power. I bet a lot of money on that on the predicted betting markets. Bet a lot of money on it. How much did you make? Well, you know, I don't want to. Basically, what I do is I take the PPP okay. money that I get from People's Policy Project mm-hmm. and I just. Seems like a bad use. I just invest it in the political betting market. To just gamble with what you get. It's an investment. It multiplies the money. And I'm a political insider, so I know what the right bet is. I don't. Actually, I wouldn't. I wouldn't classify you as. I'm a political insider here in the D.C. power corridors power cord i mean i would you're just a data guy really just dc insider i work through all the big networks um i work through the biden debbie washerman schultz collective i really doubt that that's I what we call it really um, doubt that. well i got a foot in everything um I, uh, i'm also can't vouch for this i'm also in the uh united farm workers slash sierra club is that a big there's network? A, there's a nexus there. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah, you uh, you, you wouldn't believe it, but there is. <laughs> I'm not sure I do believe it actually. Um, I think this uh think I might be being had and here. And through these tentacles, uh-huh. I n- I know in advance what's going to happen. You had your own whip count going? Uh yeah, I yeah, I mean I'm not going to go too detailed. Yeah, I mean obviously I you don't want to give away your But that means that I can, you know, for every dollar you donate to the People's Policy Project Patreon, it's basically five dollars. It's basically worth five dollars of think tanking because I just multiply it through the political betting markets. Well, I I mean I can't argue it. That's excellent tanksmanship. Mm, that's one of the innovation you bring you. That's the sort of nimbleness of Yeah, the agility. Of the new kind of think tank yep. that I've invented. Yep. Mm. Hmm. Uh well I can't uh, vouch for any of that and I'd like to just state that I distance myself uh from it and uh uh, I also would like to say that I imagine everyone in the Brett Kavanaugh story is having like a Midwestern accent. Like maybe they play hockey or something, even though I know they're all from like the DC area. All right. You know, like his, like his broskies, like squee and, and Tobin squee PJ, the little man. Yeah. Um, big Ben bowl cut. Yeah. Spider bomb. JJ. Gotta have JJ. Uh, sweet baby Ray. Uh, you know, you gotta have all the guys around when you're gonna lift or whatever, play hockey or lacrosse. Oh, no. It, yeah, no, I think the activity is just sitting around and saying you've, you know, you've had various conquests and, uh, you know, drinking some skis. <laughs> some skis. skis. Have some skis. Mm-hmm. Hey, did you know Squee totally touched a girl's boobs last week? <laughs> That's what it is. Yeah. I totally scored. <laughs> Good job. Great job, Tobin. Thanks. Thanks for your input. Uh, anyway, that guy's tremendously powerful now. Yeah, uh, he was spotted serving food to the homeless. Just spotted out of nowhere. Uh, and got Just his picture taken. They happened to have a photographer on yeah, the scene. That's how it works. That's how I got my head shot. That's, yeah, you were just walking I was just in walking front of past a gray, a gray wall, wall and yep. somebody was like, hey, Liz. And, and then you I go, what? And they and go, then, that was it. One big flash yep. like that. 
Yeah. Mm, that's how it works. Same thing with, I remember Paul Ryan was also discovered, uh, at a soup yeah. kitchen. <laughs> yeah, they had to leave, they had to keep it open after hours so that he could serve yeah. nobody who wasn't there anymore. And then there um, there just happened to be a photographer. Yeah. No, it's always great. Yeah, whenever whenever it's full of uh, uh, photographers, photojournalists on every corner. They're man. intrepid. They are. They are. They're like Peter Parker. They're just trailing the politicians everywhere mm-hmm. they go. It's like those it's like those uh like Hollywood photographers. The, the paparazzi. Uh, paparazzi and they're just kind of zooming around and, and they they just if you, they just see a celebrity for a second in the backseat yeah. of a car they know exactly who they yeah. are and then they follow them and get a get a snap that's how it is in dc jeff flakes lime scooting to the shake shack nearly gets run off the road by a paparazzo i, I, I hope a politician does lime scoot soon that would yeah. be a great way to get you know from one from one building to another they instead of the trains that run under Congress, they should just have lime scooters. Yeah, that was that proposal. Remember, in Politico yeah. was to replace the New York subway with uh, they would just like fill it in with concrete, you know, like instead of tracks, it would just be like a concrete Roads. road, yeah. and then you would lime scoot through them. Hell yeah! <laughs> like that would actually work under Congress instead of those, uh, you know, uh, subways. You could just have people lime scoot through the tunnels. That would probably would actually be fine. You know who would kick ass at lime scooting is Bernie. I bet he'd be naturally gifted at lime scooting. Uh, yeah, I could see uh, by that. By the way, I want to just, while we're talking about the D.C. photojournalists, they really screwed the pooch in not being there when Bernie saved that lady's life. Yeah, I don't know how they missed that yeah, one. Yeah, where were you guys? Whatever. It's all right. She took her own selfie. Parker, give me 15 pictures of Spider-Man. Yeah, but instead it's Bernie. Well, big whatever on that. Uh, horrible climate news. Horrible stuff going on with Hurricane Michael in the southeastern states. A friend of mine in Alabama had a severe roof damage, had to stay at a shelter for a little bit. Uh, And then even worse stuff going on in Florida. And I think that even as the storm moved through Virginia, it was adding to the adding to its death toll. So um, that's horrible. There's really nothing humorous or irreverent to say about that other than it's just terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Bad weather. Well, I mean, it's uh, they say that these. Uh, worsening and unseasonable storms are linked with climate change. Yeah, yeah, in a probabilistic way. Yeah. Well, I mean, how else would it be? Well, you know, sometimes you get a one-for-one, like you know X caused Y. That's pretty rare in this uh, on this bitch of an earth. Causation well, is still a hard one. Mm, you know. Sun comes up, rooster crows. Does sun come up because the rooster crow? I don't think it's that hard in a lot of cases, but you know, but you can't know. You know, sometimes it's hard to know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's it's one of the more difficult philosophical problems. Well, causation itself is a kind of a is a kind of uh, you know incoherent. We 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 act like it's a clear thing, but it's not. It's not as clear as people make it out to be. That's true. That's true. <coughs> Moving right along uh, on hot topics. Uh, let's see. Some former Martin students made faith bumper stickers. Uh, and the, the acronym now means, frankly, Amber is the hero. Okay. They say that underneath there. So they've, oh, kind of, they've okay. reclaimed. They've reclaimed it. All right. Yeah. If you spell it out underneath, then I suppose that's good. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, they're raising money with these bumper stickers for the Dallas Rape Crisis Center. Well, that's great. I think it's really good. Yeah. I think Where it's are really they good. selling them? 
online. Uh, online, we'll put this in the notes. Mm, in um, the show notes, as the I call them. The show notes where we link all the products that we mentioned and the discount codes we put in. Uh, mm, yeah. No discount code on this one. I think it would kind of negate the purpose. Yeah, we, we don't have a discount code for this one. You're just going to have to kind of do it out of the goodness of your heart if you're interested in in uh, in what we're doing here. Um, I went to Brooklyn. That's a that's news. That's a hot topic. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, I was in Brooklyn uh, for a business meeting. It was really cool. Oh, yeah. It was What's nice. Everyone had a baby. Are you talking about Brooklyn? No, 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 not not by not by Catholic University. I'm talking about Brooklyn with a Y. Oh, uh, Brooklyn. You no, know, it used to be Brookland. That's what it, how it used to is be that spelled. The, is that the case? I saw a map once that called it Brookland. Oh, maybe it was just a map of D.C. because we also have a neighborhood that's no, actually no, no, it wasn't. And but you know, over time, people, Brooklyn, Brooklyn, you know, they kind of with the with the old timey New York City accent. You yeah. Know? Back in the day, words could just change spellings if you said them yeah. the wrong way for a long time. Yeah, I mean, that's how words come to be, ultimately, because the English is a spoken language before written ones. So. Yeah, but in the day, in the, you know, in the internet age, I don't know. Everyone in Brooklyn had a baby. It was the baby capital of the world. Some people had two or three babies. Well, I'll them. look it up in the census. I'll look it up in the census. You should. I mean, it was very baby dense, is all I'm saying. I felt like skeptical i felt like there were sort of two worlds there's like the adult world and then there's this whole baby world that's just unfolding on the street and i thought if i was here jane would have you know uh people to talk to just baby people were just out and about i guess that's the difference in dc uh you don't see so many babies i feel just out and about maybe it's localized to particular neighborhoods uh, I mean, you know, it we go to nice the park day. and there's tons of kids at the park. Yeah, so. but this was just on the street. I was just at a restaurant having a meeting. Well, maybe it's a density thing. Yeah, I mean, there was just, there was so many babies. A lot of babies. But that's just, toddlers. that could just be, there's more people, therefore there are more babies. But not babies are a higher percentage of the people. Yeah, I guess, Matt, that's what that. Well, I'm just trying to be clear yeah. on what we're talking about. Uh, <coughs> is that it for hot topics? Do you think? Uh, yeah, I don't think there were that many topics. To you had another feud with Glenn Kessler. Oh yeah. Well, that's the other hot topic, I guess, is Donald Trump's weird USA Today op-ed about Medicare for all. Um, that kind of lit up the online in a really strange way. You want really in a really in good way, I guess. You want to know what you want to? What if the person who wrote that anonymous "I'm the resistance inside the administration" op-ed? What if that's just a comms department idiot, and they also wrote this op-ed, and they wrote both op-eds? Yeah. Well, I mean, That'd I'm sure funny. someone in the GOP uh, apparatus wrote it. I'm sure um, like twelve people wrote it. Yeah, but it's 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 interesting because. You know, the key thing that I'm keying in on, I mean, there are a lot of mistakes and, and false claims in it, of course. And so, yeah. you know, the you know, liberals and leftists went to town on up. Oh, he says this, but that's not true. He says this, but that's not true. Yeah. Um, but what was interesting to me, the thing I was really keying in on is he says that it's going to cost thirty two point six trillion dollars. That is a magical moment and a magical number in my brain. 
um, that light might just light up at this point. Like a Christmas tree. Um, if you had a CAT scan or whatever going, you could just see the neurons start moving oh around. Oh, yeah, there. because of our my, my saga with Mr. Glenn Kessler of uh, the Washington Post fact check. Not to go too far back into that, but the uh, short of it is that the Mercatus Center put out a report saying that uh, in aggregate, that under our status quo system between 2022 and 2031, we're going to spend about $60 trillion total. Sure. Medicare for all will spend $58 trillion total. And that's with insuring 30 million more people, eliminating basically out-of-pocket expenses, providing health, dental, providing hearing, dental, and vision. We still save $2 trillion. Savings yep. of two trillion dollars. We're either going to spend sixty trillion, have a bunch of people uninsured, or we'll spend fifty-eight trillion, which is less, and have a bunch more people have everyone insured. I mean, at that point, just two trillion, you know, it's two trillion less. You yeah. save it, but since Medicare for all shifts all that money, shifts almost all the spending onto the federal government, the federal government's spending goes up thirty-two trillion, right? Yeah. And that's what the report said. And, uh, you know, when it came out, we were set there and I was like, oh, this is very, you know, well, let's highlight the fact that it saves two trillion. That's the whole point of it. And Glenn Kessler got snowed or, 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 or something by the report authors to get them to say, no, 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 that estimate, that's not the real one. The one that shows that the government is going to spend 32 trillion more and therefore, the American people are going to save $2 trillion. That's yeah. not the real one. The real one's in the appendix. And Glenn Kessler just ate that up. And he said, everyone who's saying it's going to save $2 trillion, they get three out of four Pinocchios. 75% Pinocchio. 70, yeah, I mean, and uh, he said that about Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. He said that about Bernie, etc. And the problem that has, has occurred is... Although they told him that actually the real number is not 32 trillion, it's 38 trillion. Yeah. They told, they clearly told him this and he ran with it and called everyone a liar who was citing the $32 trillion estimate. Oh Despite God. this, yeah. all the Republicans have been citing the $32 trillion number, oh including no. Donald Trump. All these attack ads, I've seen so many of them. Rats. 32 trillion, 32 trillion, 32 trillion. And. Glenn Kessler is on the record saying, nope, 32 trillion is actually too low. That's actually not the real number. The real one's 38. But you look at it and you're like, well, this is crazy. Why would Donald Trump say it's going to cost 32 trillion when he could say it's going to cost 38? Right. Why would he lie in a way that is unfavorable? He's lowballing it. Him. Yeah. He was just being fair, I think. And it's like, at this point, the jig is up. Yeah. It can't possibly be the case. And. He writes a piece saying that Trump was right to cite the 32.6 trillion wow. and then eventually has to edit it and put in a parenthetical that it was like this, he, you know, Trump fails to mention that this would actually mean that you save money, etc. Yeah. And so he's totally walked back the three Pinocchio thing. Oh, no. And what's interesting, I guess, is not just him, but like PolitiFact mm -hmm. did a fact check of Donald Trump's op-ed yeah. and also mentioned this point. Right. Oh, this is actually savings. NPR did a fact check. Oh, this is actually savings. All the liberal outlets yeah. are now emphasizing the thing that we emphasized two or three months ago that got us just slammed by Jake Tapper, by PolitiFact, by Glenn Katz. They're all emphasizing that as true. Yeah. 
and it's interesting. I mean, I think it's interesting. I, I, it's a, in some ways, it shows the, the way politics works and the way politics is going to work on this issue. Yes, it does. Because they hate Donald Trump. Yeah. Like realistically, oh, no, no, these are unbiased fact checkers. They just, that's garbage. They are just like everyone else. They have ideology. They have biases. They don't like Donald Trump. They don't like the Republicans. And so when Donald Trump and the Republicans come out against Medicare for all, they become defensive of it. Yeah. Right. Where, whereas when we come out for it on the left, they want to attack it. Right. Right. And so right. it's like as this moves forward and the Republicans do this, they're actually, you know, the thing is starting to shift where liberals are now defending it and saying, no, that's not true. It's actually going to make things way better for everyone. It's actually going to save money, et cetera. Um, the stuff we've been saying for a long time that they've always been skeptical of because at the end of the day, you know, they hate Republicans and, you know, they, they want to resist them. Um, and I'm, I don't actually, I mean, I think that, you know, one of the facts, uh, if we're talking in factual terms, exposed by this whole uh, saga uh, is that, you know, fact checking is an inherently political enterprise from choosing the facts that you're going to check to the way that you're going to uh, verify or disqualify them uh, to, to what issues you write about. Uh, of course, it's it's going to be politically informed. Right, right. Well, and that's well, okay. There's nothing wrong with that. I just I think that you should be upfront about it. I mean, I think there's a universe of fact checking where it could just be literally like that is not a fact. That would be but if you were doing it. It would be so narrow. That's right. the problem. It's right. like how many pieces can you really go and be like, oh, he said this number, but actually this is the real number. Correct. There are times. There absolutely are times when this occurs where it is unquestionable. But then there's this huge gray area. Right. Where it's like, well, how do you present it and what does it mean and so on? And the fact checkers cannot resist going into that area. Yeah. And in many ways, that's the thing that, you know, <laughs> they're kind of asked to do. Right. Right. Because it's like I'm supposed to hear help the everyman who doesn't have time to wade through all of this stuff. Right. And so I'm going to tell them what's what. But like, you know, most of the time what they're trying to figure out about is something that's in a gray area. So you're going to have to make a kind of political choice. Right. Um, and that's okay. We all make political choices every day in how we engage in the discourse. Uh, I, just, I think that, uh, you know, maybe being a little bit more transparent about it wouldn't be a bad thing. It's I mean, that's fine. I mean, fact-checking, sh I mean, realistically, unless fact-checking is contained to the narrow thing, yeah. it really shouldn't exist. I yeah. mean, you, you, you should write a piece arguing. That's really yeah. what you want to do. If you want to argue that, you know, the savings that the study finds in Medicare for all won't materialize. Right. Then write a piece and say, I am arguing that. Well, everyone's put, always. But but yeah. but when they put it under the fact check heading, right. then it becomes the case that all you have to do is be like the fact checker says political fact says. And that's at the end of the story. Right. There's and no it, point you can go. Mm, well, that, that's political facts opinion. Instead of being proposed as a piece of argumentation entered into the discourse. It is proposed as this kind of supra-argumentative, above-the-fray uh, piece published under the imprimatur only of truth, right? And I, I, I understand why people want that kind of authority and why that comes across as authoritative in, in political discourse. But at the same time, as you're pointing out, uh, there are lots of choices that go into making these kinds of arguments. And at the end of the day, uh, fact-checking is just, is just people proposing arguments. That's most of it. That's 90% of it, it seems right. to me. Right. Um, and yeah, that's just, it's a bait and switch. And it, it makes it hard because 
you know, like when Jake Tapper did his fact check, he didn't actually do a fact check. What he did was he read Glenn Kessler's piece, he read Politic Facts piece, and he repackaged it for TV. But why did he think like, oh, I can just read it and go? It's because they hold themselves out as what we say is just truth. Right. We're just basically, it's like, uh, you know, what is the GDP? Yeah. Well, I mean, you could even argue over that, but like, you know, the Bureau of Labor Statistics, or excuse me, the Bureau of Economic uh, analysis does release a GDP. Yeah. Like it, it, that, that is a number that comes out of that agency, and that is the number. Yeah, we just need someone uh, who's completely apolitical and maybe sealed in a concrete bunker somewhere. I uh, could do it. I could do it. I could do the real fact checking because you know, and then I would separate my arguments from it and say, oh, nope, that's not appropriate for fact check, and so it needs to go into my opinion pieces. I could do it. Very disciplined. You, that's true. You do have a lot of psychological discipline. Uh, you know, this actually links up the, these discourse issues uh, with with uh, with what I'm thinking about writing. Uh, it's a little, it's a little hot sneak peek just for the just for the listeners here on uh, on that study that came out about uh, the seven political tribes in America. Yashamon Ketabig Twitter thread describing oh, us in the Atlantic. Yeah, yeah, I saw this. Well, I thought there were only three <laughs> progressives, well, they conservatives, and then the exhausted middle. Well, that's the thing is there are like seven, but then they, they lump a bunch together and call that the exhausted is middle. Is this that Pew thing with the typologies? No, this is oh, different than a different that. thing? Okay. I um, didn't actually click through because it seemed, you know, well, I won't say anything until I hear your opinion. <laughs> Well, I, I think that people are getting all excited about the fact that a lot of people share in common the view that political correctness sucks. And so the way that liberals have have interpreted the study is the vast majority of people say they're sick of being involved in a democracy, basically, and tired of trying to navigate discourse, uh, and they hate political correctness. Therefore, uh, the fact that a huge number of people are checked out of democracy, that's not the fault of liberalism. That's the fault of the left. For, for foisting political correctness on us. Uh, so you can just pop your little meme up about how liberals hate the left more than fascists, uh, and it'll be as accurate as it always is. Uh, but I, I feel that, um, you know, what we're actually looking at when people say they hate political correctness, uh, because it's not defined by the, by the authors of the study, they didn't give it a specific definition, they just kind of relied on everyone to... Uh, supply their own meaning. Uh, and, and I think that uh, what it points toward is that people hate public reason. <laughs> people hate the way they have to talk in public. Um, people hate the filtration process by which they put their own thoughts, which may well be very shitty, which is always something that you have to deal with in a democracy. Uh, and they have to filter those, translate them into a type of language that's acceptable in public. They don't like doing that. Mm -hmm. And therefore, they feel exhausted and worn out and annoyed with democratic participation. Um, and so for me, this just kind of confirmed what I already suspected and have written about in the post, which is that people don't like public reason very much. <laughs> I could see yeah. that. I mean, the problem I have, like you said, is that it's not defined. It's not defined at all. And this is so true. And it's a major obstacle. It's a huge obstacle because yeah. it is a pejorative phrase. Right. It is never used non-pejoratively right so in that sense everyone has a negative definition of it yeah and even the people who defend it they don't like defend it defend it in that terms they reject 
the fact that using the word, they go, that's not political correctness. That's common decency. That's right. they say blah, political blah, blah. correctness is actually this. But because we'll, they recognize yeah. that actually that's a pejorative description. It has a negative connotation Correct. in the same way that and you, you see this sometimes where people will work really hard to say, don't call that welfare. Don't call that welfare. And it's like, well, why? And it's because they recognize that at, for the time being in the United States, welfare is a, has a negative connotation. Correct. Um, and so that is a huge survey disaster, right. like just conceptually, to take a word that is a pejorative way of describing a variety of things yeah. and be like, do you like this? It's like basically saying, do you like badness? Yeah. Like, that's basically what you're asking people. What are your feelings um, about dumbassery? Right, right. <laughs> you're right. like, uh, well, not good, honestly. Yeah. Uh. And then the other issue here is, I mean, even if you, when you start to try to define it, because it describes this negative thing, yeah. like, realistically, the definition of what's included in it is going to shift over time. Yeah. So things that people start to get a positive feeling towards is going to stop being called political correctness. Right. It's, it's no longer considered uh, a matter of political correctness that you don't say the N-word generally. Right. Yeah. Right. If you That's went to just someone considered and were like, yeah, if you did a poll and said, do you think that the cultural... Um, pressure against saying racial slurs. Do you approve of that or disapprove of that? Most people are going to say approve of it. Yeah. Right. I mean, be, that's just how it is. But if you, but if you, just said political correctness, they would right. not think political correctness includes not saying racial slurs at right. people. And and I think um, it in fact used to be considered a matter of political correctness that you couldn't approach like random women and call them sugar tits. <laughs> yeah or anything yeah. like that i mean it's like well do you think that someone uh do you think it do you think it's you know if you were to say someone do you think it's good that people aren't pressured to say that uh or that people feel pressure and negative social censure if they yeah. say things like uh women are good for nothing but babies and cooking yeah and like again probably 80 90 percent in the u.s are gonna say yeah that's good i'm glad there's pressure against right. people saying that um but then you would say, but isn't that political correctness? And they're like, no, no, political correctness is. And they would describe some bad thing. Something they don't like. Yeah. Right. And so what in the in the E. Brunig framework, what I would describe happening here is uh, a piece of um, public reason breaking off and actually sinking down to that under level where people actually have changed their values. Um, so it's no longer a matter of translating that value into something you can say in public because the values themselves actually changed and can now be expressed honestly, um, just straightforwardly without any kind of uh, transmutation going on to try to represent them in a way that people with opposite or different values uh, can interpret. But, but when you actually look at what political correctness is, even though it's a pejorative, and I grant that, and, and it's probably widely applied. Uh, I think that when you actually look at what it is, it's a language discourse for use in politics. That's why it's political correctness. Use in public language uh, that uh, is supposed to be as broad and inclusive and tolerant of different uh, modes of being as possible. And that's what people don't like about it. That's true. And that's well, just public uh, reason. Uh, yes. If you give it the the abstract kind of definition that hollows out the specific content of what is the 
what what are the rules of political correctness at this moment yeah. and you just say what is political correctness generally it is like you said um the way in which the the language rules of public reason or there's some of the language rules of public yeah. reason so that works but like i said i don't know if you can prove that from the study because i, I think people I uh and so well, uh, like for instance if it, uh, one way i could do this is there are people who i've had um I've had people get mad at me for saying disabled people instead of persons with disabilities. Yeah. And like, so if you were like, kind of shitty. do you like political correctness? And I were, and I were to think about that, I'd be like, I don't like that. It seems kind of stupid. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and if someone asked me if I like political correctness, I'd be like, you mean public reason? Well, yeah. no, I'm critical of that. But I think that's how most people are navigating it. But if you were to switch to something else that I'm okay with that, it, that I'm like, yeah, no, that's then, you know, and I think it's, it's sort of like political yeah. correctness is always the thing where you've gone too far. Right, right, right. The, it's the outer limit and excess. Yeah. That's what it is. The that's place the definition specifically of it. where you're forced to do that act of translation. Yeah. Because if you already think women, you know, so say you're, you know, just like a conservative dad, like you're Brett Kavanaugh and you're like, no, I love coaching the girls' basketball team. Again, he doesn't t- talk like this. It's just something that I've decided he sounds like. Uh, you know, I think that girls can do anything, and it's amazing that despite their limitations, they can even go to college. Uh, then you're not performing an act of political correctness when you say, my daughter can grow up and do anything. Right. You actually believe it. Yeah. So that's actually been subtracted from the, the translation process that has to happen with public reason. Yeah. Uh, but, but if you, if you're forced to say something like, uh, I, I think that, uh, you know, I mean, I don't want to attribute any, uh, anything to him, uh, that I can get sued for here. Uh, but you know, you know, you know, racial things, things having to do with sexuality and gender. Those are the areas probably where people still feel like they're being forced to translate what they actually believe. Or, or just, yeah. Or like you said, each person has a private definition of, of, of what political correctness covers and that private definition only refers to those things where the things they want to say, they can't say. Right, And exactly. that has to be translated. And that, that line moves, and it's, it's different for each person, but it is literally the content where you are forced to translate. That's what I'm that's saying. All, yeah, it's, yeah. it's public reason. Yeah, and I think so, that's right. That's what I was saying. I was saying that's what you're saying. Yeah, we were b- we were saying the same thing. Uh, we <laughs> well, were no, just, we weren't saying the same well, thing, but, but I've but come we were, around. I've yeah. come around Thank to, you. to some degree. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. This is rare. This is a this is a signal event. Well, right? I still, you know, I still hold my general point about the survey, but I think you're right that that's, yeah, essentially where it heads. And I, I think it's important to emphasize that I'm not, um, I'm not anti- public reason i'm not saying like it's bad we shouldn't do that i'm just i'm i'm trying to observe what's happening with it and saying here's one of you know here are some of the ramifications here are some of the ways it's working and ways mm, in which yeah, it's not i think that could be done well i think i think you could write a good piece you know you're a good writer so thank you you really think that yeah thank you uh all right guys we got some news for you the oh Patreon geez. joke's not a joke anymore. Oh uh, yeah, this is gonna be the first episode on the Patreon. Yeah, we're uh, Patreoning. We're hoping to. Well, everyone listening to it should know by this point that it's on <laughs> Patreon. <laughs> um, so we're actually getting a real Patreon going, and we're gonna try to actually make it a, a somewhat higher quality 
low effort podcast. Uh, we've got mm. music. We have uh, maybe an intention to bring guests. We're going to work well, on these things over time. Yeah, guests might be easier. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Yeah, you, we'll get we'll get some people who know how to do the music, and we'll ask them to show us how. <laughs> <laughs> so so we have plans for making this uh, s- yeah. slightly more worth your time. Um, uh, and I also think that I think we can actually do swag. Um, there has been a lot well, of expressed people want to pay separately for it. But that's the thing. People have expressed interest in Brewski swag. And uh, and well, I if you want to handle it. Oh, well, I, I'll be happy to handle it. I think it'd be <laughs> fun. Uh, and uh, and so uh, Brewski Halloween and seasonal Christmas swag uh, coming your way soon. Uh, you can get just a shirt with Matt's face on it. <laughs> OK, uh, yeah. Yeah, that would be really strange. You can get a whole. That would be uh, good. I think there are some irony listeners who would like. Oh, there are some deeply brain poisoned uh, people uh, out there. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah a, a shirt that just has a bunch of my faces. like Just hundreds all, yeah, of Matt like faces. Like the whole thing is just Matt faces. Yeah, different ones from different media yeah, appearances. Yeah, yeah. Somewhere you've got your head shaved. I got some when I was like more like beardy and look like a mountain man yeah yeah the ones where you look like the unabomber and then mm-hmm. there are ones where you've recently been shorn and your head and beard are totally shaved and you look like you have cancer uh yeah i haven't shaved my head but yeah. uh well you've done i mean recently there you've had some pretty tight buzz cuts i should say mm, okay i suppose uh you oh. know but yeah, so we're going to create this and, you know, it's this. just going to be a way to support. One of the, one of the levels, passionate brewskis uh, are going to be able to uh, Snapchat with Matt. We're going to call it Matt Snap. Okay. Uh, we could create a Slack channel like I do for PPP. We could have a Slack channel. We could have a brewski Slack channel <laughs> where you can just roast me all day like the Chapo subreddit yeah, does. Yeah, I mean, we'll find ways. We'll find ways to, and, and you can you can give your own advice about ways to make it worth your while, in addition, of course, to it being worth your while to support, uh, you know, independent creators. Independent that are, content uh, creators on you the know, left. Yeah, you know, it's hard on the internet to get to, to, get, hard out to there. get paid and, uh, you know, for, for your stuff. There. So I like Patreon's model of just, you know, hey, you know, it's... If you've got it and you want to help, you know, you, sh- you should you should do that. Yeah. I subscribe to a whole bunch of Patreons, so. I as well. And so um, uh, we just wanted to put that in front of you. Obviously, no pressure. Uh, yeah, I mean, the the address is going to be patreon.com slash the Brunigs. Patreon.com slash the Brunigs. Matt has made a logo. I want you to know that the logo, uh, Matt actually did that all by himself. I use paintbrush. Yeah, that's a Mac Mac program. Yeah, I used to use GIMP when I was back on Linux. That's also a problematic PC anti PC word. I think. Uh, yeah. Well, I don't think that's anti PC. I just think it's like a weird sex word, isn't it? No, no. It means like disabled. I I thought it was like uh like in Pulp Fiction, the GIMP is the guy in the like leather suit. It's a disability thing, but it stands for GNU Image Manipulation Program. So, but GNU itself is an acronym, isn't it? GNU is a recursive acronym. Um, that stands for GNU's not Unix. Great. All right. Well, getting into just layers and layers of madness here. Uh, That's so how it works. That's how Linux we'll, works. We'll just abandon this obviously sick domain. Uh, <laughs> we should do a Linux episode one day. We. Yeah. Don't you have a Linux buddy you could have over to do it with you? Like, I don't, because I'm not going to be able to add anything. Ryan Cooper uses Linux. There you go. Ry Ry. Yeah. Also, uh, Ryan Cooper, a big friend of the show. We want to congratulate him on his engagement to our friend Emma, uh, who you might know as Surfboard or Watergate Speedrun. Yeah. uh, On the Twitter. (laughs) 
Uh, yeah, very, we, we very have great Ryan couple. on. He's also got a podcast called, I think, Left Pod. Yeah, it's, or something it's really like great, that. actually. So, um, and they they're they're very good and they're taking it very seriously. I really enjoyed it. Uh, but congrats to Ryan and Emma. Uh, shout out to some friends of the show. I shipped this relationship. I've uh, been supportive for a while, uh, and uh, very happy to hear about that. Uh, our daughter is being Tinkerbell for Halloween. I think we discussed that last time. Yeah. Um, and my parents also got her a pumpkin costume. Yeah. Uh, and she doesn't like wearing the pumpkin body costume, but she likes wearing the pumpkin hat with the stem on it, which yeah, she's been the wearing. the lid. Yeah, she's been wearing that around uh, just kind of generally. She wore it to Walmart today. Um, whatever. I guess if you want to wear a pumpkin hat, that's fine by me. It's cute. Uh, so that's the personal corner. All right. That's and the personal uh, section. That's the uh, the bulletin of announcements. You just imagine you're in church and that's the uh, that's the announcement mm. section. I'll put that in the meeting notes. Yeah. Patreon. Uh, we got some prayer requests. Uh, some folks are sick. We have a funeral and uh, and we need nobody mm. to go in the narthex after the service because we're having some flood damage repaired mm. and a bake sale. We have a big sale coming up. And uh, don't forget trunk or treat. Uh, you don't want your kids out there on the streets on Halloween. You never know what's going to be in that candy. Uh, and uh, and you really got to watch it. Uh, and so we're going to avoid the devil this Halloween. And we're just going to have a church parking lot trunk or treat. So uh, make sure you make sure you get there for that. All righty. That's the announcement section. This is the Midwest episode. Okay. Uh the reason that I'm doing this is I've been watching all those all hockey hair team YouTubes where they do the uh, they do the awards for like Minnesota high school hockey players hair. It's really funny. This will be in the show notes. All right. Yeah. I, I feel like know. I'm kind of Midwestern on the inside. Mm, I mean, you know, I in don't many know. Ways. It's kind of strange, but I tried the cinnamon rolls and chili. That's a Midwestern thing. It was super good. And I just like the attitude of folks up that way. You know, I feel like everyone is pretty much the same everywhere. That's definitely wrong. Okay, so we're going to move on to uh, alcohol. Yeah. Brewskies. Brewskies, yes. Yes. Yeah. 100 kegs or bust, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I always liked, what was the thing they would say? Um, it was, uh, oh, man. It was uh, get pissed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which apparently refers to getting so drunk that you urinate your clothing. Yeah, you get pissed and off. Yeah. So it's like, that doesn't seem good. I don't want to pee on my clothing. <laughs> <laughs> Why are we saying this? <laughs> but that, that's the sort of weirdness you get into in alcohol uh, and really extreme like binge drinking so culture. Sometimes people will say, and I've encountered this on the internet, they'll be like, really? It's just Americans who have a binge drinking problem. Yeah, no other cultures have been known for, for having drinking issues. That is so false. I just want to say, having been at Cambridge, I remember people taking their weenies out of their Cambridge robes, their big black robes, their gowns they have to wear at Cambridge, on the streets at night and peeing on these cobblestone streets uh, in, in a drunken stupor. And I just want to say it's definitely not the case. Uh, it's definitely not the case that there's no binge drinking in Europe. I think it's, uh, I think that, uh, I think that it's, it's pretty, pretty common actually. 
Yeah, so I mean, so you, you put out a tweet a while ago, and I it, did. It, it, it was it, an ill-fated tweet. It's a great, it's a great uh, uh, foothold for me to go into a, a general theory of things <laughs> that I have that I've been keeping to myself because I don't have a good reason to write it up, given my uh, the way I pigeonhole myself as a writer. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but y- you can go through uh, the tweeting, uh, sh- uh, you know, shenanigans. So I put out an ill-fated tweet. Uh, I can often be accused of not reading the room because I don't actually like read what's going on in my timeline before I tweet. I'll just have a thought and log on to Twitter and just put it out there. Yeah, so I don't look at my timeline that much. I basically just look yeah. at my mentions and then I just fire stuff into yeah, the... Yeah, exactly. You just shoot yeah. stuff into the Discord. I look at the mentions a little bit of other people, <laughs> but like most of the time I don't do that. And so I, this was maybe, that was maybe a mistake on my part. But uh, during the end of the Kavanaugh hearings, I said, you know this is all an occasion to talk about, uh, you know, kind of the role that alcohol plays in our culture, uh, especially where it comes to uh, masculinity and violence and so on. The temperance movement, I mean, obviously prohibition wasn't a good policy uh, and caused quite a lot of problems. Uh, but at the same time, that the, the points the temperance movement were making, some of them uh, about violence and and not that they put it in these terms, but masculinity and intoxication actually were were fairly uh, fairly genuine. Yeah, well, and there's research to show that there's rather significant relationship between alcohol consumption and violence and domestic violence uh, specifically. Domestic violence, and, and so I, I uh, <laughs> and so what I wasn't expecting is people were like, "Fuck you, Liz," and sexual assault. Of course, fuck you right now. You're taking my beer. You're banning my glass of wine yeah, at dinner. I didn't think that people would get that worked up about it either. I got so many people were who were like, I have a glass of wine with dinner. I was like, okay, well, then this tweet doesn't apply to you. If you read the tweet and your response is it doesn't apply to me, then it doesn't apply to you. You don't have to like run it by me and have me be like, I will confirm this doesn't apply to you. You know if it doesn't well, apply to you. Well, the strange thing, the other reason why I couldn't, I was a little taken aback about it is like the, the like lib wonk contingent like there's a they've all consensus agreed on the fact that you know like alcohol consumption is bad and alcohol taxes are good like that's like a thing you know like they have their own like little culture and like ideas insert into it and spread just like anywhere else and that's one of them it's like it is like one of my contrarian things is I love alcohol taxes, even though, you know, it, it's 90 percent unpopular uh, right. because actually, if you look at the studies and studies. Um, and so I was more shooting from the hip and I, I talked about this a little bit on Twitter, but I have some personal experience with uh, with violent alcoholics in my life. And uh, I also made the mistake of talking about that on Twitter against my own rule of, of uh, anti-autobiography where it comes to trauma. Uh, yeah, I shouldn't have talked about it. Well, you don't it. need it. I mean, yeah. there's so much study on this. Yeah. It's anyway, indisputable. Uh, so that was like that was like a four day ordeal. It could not have been worse if I had tweeted out "Make America Great Again." <laughs> <laughs> like it was, it was. A well, and I mean, I think you, I think uh, you know, partially there's like a blood in the water aspect yeah, where if you, sh- if you show people they're getting to you, then you know that gets the trolls going even further. So some of it is ju- was just like. Yeah, it was just like a feedback of yeah trolling response. Response inspires more trolling. That's true. That's true. I played a role uh, in it. There's no doubt. No doubt about that. Um, 
and uh and so that that got this whole conversation uh started about you know sort of the place of alcohol and culture i just want to emphasize i feel like my tweet was mild and my position is very mild we serve alcohol for dinner here when we have guests we have uh we have uh we have alcohol that we serve we you know we have uh let's see when uh when we had that big summer get together where i made baked ziti and a salad um i served uh Gin and well, tonic. You don't need to defend these. I and, don't even know why. vodka lemonade. What are, are you running for office? I don't understand. No, like, I, don't want, I don't want people to feel okay. like I, I mean, that I know. think that everything they do is bad or that I'm like, I'm not. It's not a moral thing. But it's just a people, recognition that. But that's that how people interpreted it. They th- felt like they were being judged morally. It's like saying opiates are bad. That is that is because, you know, like you get addicted and stuff. Right. But, but that, I mean, that but doesn't mean that people who use them are bad. I know. And I um, certainly wouldn't say that. But but clearly people felt like they were being personally judged by me for their reasonable alcohol consumption in the same way that maybe someone with uh, with a with an alcohol problem would be. And I'm, I'm certainly not conflating everyone who has a drink with with violent alcoholics. I'm just saying that on net, you know, it's uh, you look at the studies and there's a problem there. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, okay, so so to me the thing that's so, interesting. So, but you got a solution. Well, no, I I, I have more of a more of a, a contrarian, uh, not a contrarian, but like I like to like you know draw analogies between things that make people upset. You don't say. Yeah. <laughs> the, but the like that are good. Star. That like you yeah, can't yeah. beat them. Yeah. You can't beat them. Oh yeah. Like my position that Norway is Venezuela on steroids. Oh that's an God. undefeated contention mm-hmm. in the history of online debate. Um, but it's very infuriating people when you say it so that's really the sweet spot you want something that infuriates people Um, all people get infuriated by (laughs) it i don't want that and they can't beat it Uh, well that's the key that's the key to online i don't know Um, but uh so so well so the thing is i've been thinking about this for a long for a while not just alcohol actually alcohol is a new somewhat new to to my uh set of things that i think about this uh, issue with um, and, and so one of the analogies is that uh, alcohol is, and guns are basically the same, exact same issue. Like everything you can kind of say of one, you can say of other, and people's reactions are very similar. Um, and at, I find that that, that really troubles people. Um, because, for instance, right, when you say uh, it looks like alcohol uh, consumption is linked to violence, people say, well, that's just people... Most people who drink alcohol, they don't do violence. True. That sort of thing. It's to sort of say, ah, those are some bad apples, you know. And you're like, well, that's true of guns as well. Very tiny fraction of guns is involved in violence, you know. We have literally hundreds of millions of guns in the United States, and we have what? I don't know. Like, maybe, what, 10,000 gun deaths a year or something like that? Like, it's a tiny, tiny fraction of all the guns are used to kill people each year. Tough but fair. Um so, but of course, if you present that to to a to to a liberal, they immediately start you know thinking about reasons why that's not a good argument, and I actually don't think that that's a good argument personally, <laughs> um but like that's what people do, or you know there are other aspects to it um where it's like well but 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 so so someone tried this thing where they're like, well guns, guns are only used for bad, yeah, and but drinking, you know, it's it's uh, makes you feel good and it makes you social and it helps you relax and you know. Guns aren't only used for bad though. They're right. Vermin. That's the problem. Yeah. Uh, it's like just as you could say that well, alcohol does good things. You could say yeah, guns used for vermin. People you shoot guns just for fun. Target shooting. Yeah, sport it's like shooting. oh, this is fun. It's like a hobby activity. Yeah. Um, you know, so 
and I'm not trying to defend guns here, but it's no, like no, no. there are a lot of people who will find the gun argument very unpersuasive. Yeah. <laughs> who will lose their shit <laughs> when you uh, uh, I- I- when you go after alcohol and basically respond by making the exact same arguments as the gun people make. Um, another part of it is like uh, un- disinhibition. Yep. Right. So <laughs> this is one of the weirdest I'm critiques very skeptical of that. that people make where they're like, well, alcohol doesn't make you do anything. It just uninhibits you. And therefore, like you do what you were going to do anyways. Um, but like, I, I, so alcohol like takes the chains off of you. And it's like, one, yeah. that's not a good argument because like if taking the chains off of you makes you violent, like I would rather just keep you chained. I mean, not in a literal right. sense, like I want to <laughs> put you in jail, but like if you're saying that, hey, you're going to keep your violence bottled up on the inside if you don't drink, then like, let's do that. Um, but like for guns, it's the same. You can, again, you can make the exact same argument because what is the argument? Guns don't kill people. People kill people. Right. It's not the gun that's making you do it. It's the fact that the, you know, you as a person are making that choice. The gun is sort of allows you, you know, frees you to do it because it gives you the instrument and just as alcohol uninhibits you. It's the same exact kind of point. Yeah. Um, And, you know, we can go on, on and on. Now, the guns and, and, and alcohol part of this argument are is a little bit weird because you don't get people on exactly the opposite positions. Because, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, some people don't like guns. You know, it's not a particularly partisan thing, alcohol at this point. Um, right. But, like, there are other examples. So, one of them is, um, remember when, uh, so th- the general theme here is really more about free will. Yeah, that's right, how right, right. I, this I comes it. down to what kind of a thing is the human will. Yeah, it's a theory about will. It's like, well, that's not the alcohol that's doing it. It's the fact that you're abusing it or the fact that it uninhibited you. Or right. that's that not the gun that's using that it. That's the person. That was already what you wanted to do. The alcohol just took the, took the limitations and off the chains, as you said. But if you go to, for example, um, if you go to, for example, like the, uh, the Mike Pence. Ah, this was a Billy Graham this is how I originally started thinking about it. Yeah, the Billy Graham rule, I guess it's called, where it's like, well, you shouldn't um, have a dinner with... Uh, you just don't get together alone with ladies who aren't your wife. Yeah, or the opposite sex. It goes both ways, right? Yeah. Um, and Pence follows this. Yeah. And, like, the nature of this rule is supposed to basically be like, you know, like, well, who knows? You'll be tempted. And there's this, there was this sort of hardline response from, uh, I guess, liberals and leftists who were like, that's, you know, just, just don't have sex then just don't blah, blah, blah. And like their position is kind of like, well, I don't know if the will is, is as, (laughs) as clean as you would like to think. Right. Right. It's, it's, it might be the case that I would never cheat. Um, yeah if I would never given an opportunity to, but if you give me an opportunity to, I will. And like, maybe the best thing to do is to close down those opportunities just so that I don't get tempted and do something. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, it's, you know, and like the position is no, no, no. This is very much like a hard position of you have 100% ironclad control over what you're doing at all times. Right. And so you, you know, you, and you, you just need just to go. exercise your will. Right. Yeah. But then if you switch into guns, right, because the conservatives seem to be skeptical on it when it comes to the Pence thing or the Billy Graham yeah. rule. The basic position there is that human beings are kind of weak. 
their will is kind of weak. Right. If you give them temptation, some of them are going to give into it. And so we need to put up walls to make sure the temptations don't occur to just right. prevent it. Make sure it's not being facilitated. Correct. But then you, you switch to them. You say, well, what about guns? Yes. And it's like, well, no, 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 no. If you don't shoot people. You, people shouldn't shoot people. Yeah. Guns don't kill people. People kill people. And you're like, well, wait a minute. We just went over how things can tempt people, how things can facilitate stuff that if you put a wall in between them, they wouldn't happen. Yeah. Right. And that seems to be the case with guns. Right. It's not yeah. that guns make people want to kill people, but it's that people in across a population, some small percentage of them from time to time feel an urge to either kill themselves or kill someone else. And in the heat of the moment, they do it because they the have access. Because the guns right there, you just push push a button basically right and you and you get to do it and if you get that gun away from them then they're gonna have to go to sleep <laughs> they will yeah. cool off like a lot of it won't happen just because the person will cool off they'll get into a better mind state and so it's like this it's the exact same thing right with like you know just like you want to separate yourself from a, a single woman who you might be you know yeah. tempted to you want to separate people from guns that might you know give them the ability to act out some feeling they have um but they don't they change their minds entirely when you switch to guns yeah, like the exactly. mike pence would 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 have a view of the human will <laughs> which is ironclad when ironclad it comes to guns. when it comes to guns like but it's super right. weak when it comes to having dinner with another woman with women right you got to get on you got to get on the the augustinian view that the will is just uh mutable right it can be but tempted. then but then you get another you get another contradiction here yeah. Okay, so this was the other issue. So those are the, we have three so far. We've got the Billy Graham rule with mm -hmm. the men and women. Mm -hmm. We've got the gun rule, mm -hmm. right? And then we've now we've got alcohol. Yeah. And people seem to have inconsistent positions about the will yeah. and how strong it is in each of them. But there's a fourth one, which is um, basically like abstinence-only education. Oh. This was the fourth one. Yeah. And the uh, there's a position among sort of i guess it's yeah liberals who are like absence only education is bad right and it's like well why and it's like well because people won't know how to have safe sex and then they will you know have unsafe sex and then you'll get sexually transmitted disease right, on right, planned right, pregnancy right. and that sort of thing and you're like well wait a minute why can they just not have sex right and they're basically like come on the will doesn't work that way come on people right. you know you get a, you get Very a bunch strong, of young drive. people together yeah. attract come on yeah. and like I look at it and I, th I'm like, yeah, I, I, I basically agree yeah, with you. Like, come correct. on, it's yeah. going to be hard. Right. Like, people it's going are going to happen. Yeah. Um, but then it's like, there's where you see the liberal contradiction. Yeah. Because the conservative contradiction is between the Billy Graham rule mm -hmm. and guns, where they take totally opposite views. Right. And then the liberal contradiction is between the Billy Graham rule and abstinence only education. Because their their position on abstinence only education is basically like the weak is really the will is really weak. You're going to be tempted and you're going to have sex, and so we better teach you how to have sex. Yeah, but safely. Like, that's basically identical to what the sort of Billy Graham thing is. It's like, look, <laughs> right. the will is weak. You're going to be having dinner with this woman. You're going to get charmed. You're gonna, you know, and yeah, you guys yeah. are going to have sex. It's the same thing. Same thing. But it's a different position. The liberal would say you can just not have sex, right. wi wi you know, in the Billy Graham situation, mm -hmm. but in the absence only situation they would be like you can't just not have sex come on and conservatives would have the opposite the conservatives would have the opposite, opposite position so it's like you know back to our old theme all arguments are fake i'm the only uh, honest operator in the game 
Well, I, I don't know if that's... Only one, Matt Brunig. You can always trust me to shoot you straight uh, uh, and well, have I, uh, consistent views across all fields of opinion and politics. Uh, well, I, I, you know, and I, I, I would uh, I would counsel, uh, you know, uh, taking into account that the will is weak and mutable and uh, and then and then, you know, making policy decisions from there. I I think that, you know, yeah, you should start with the first question is, are people right. weak in some way? Do they kind of get tempted to do things? Might they get tempted to over drink? Might they get tempted to have sex and, and you know, and, and sort of operate on a, uh, on a yeah, and go from there? And like maybe you have the opposite view. In which case, you know, you should take that view. But like, you got to start there and then go into the world. The opposite of view that the will is uh, essentially uh, a thing of iron, and that people can just opt their way out of all wrongdoing is Pelagianism, by the way, and that's a heresy. Um, yeah, but not everyone, you know, subscribes. But I to just want to put that out there for the uh, for the the, uh, the the fraction of our listeners who wondered, is this a heresy? Well, yeah, well, we have a lot. Of, I think we have a lot of Catholic listeners and stuff. So well, we have a we have a mixed we have a mixed crowd. Yeah, we do have an interesting crowd. We have, I think. I Probably one of the unique crowds uh, in the podcast. I was world. Uh, I was speaking at a film festival the other day and about uh, in investigative documentaries, and I had the privilege of speaking uh, with Nancy Schwartzman, who made. Uh, roll red roll which is about the steubenville rape case and we were on a panel together and we were chit-chatting afterwards and uh and someone uh who who uh works with ralph nader uh came up and said hey i, I listened to your podcast oh yeah i was like amazing that's wonderful that's ralph uh i hope ralph is a listener <laughs> ralph if you're a listener oh man someone's got to get ralph some earbuds ralph we love you man <laughs> We stand Ralph Nader in this house. He doesn't have time. He's too busy reading he's too reports. Busy. He's, he's too busy. He's still, he's had 80s reading yeah. reports Ralph trying Nader to find Ralph Nader does things. not have time for our bullshit. <laughs> yeah. He is out there. He's a warrior monk. He's still fighting the fight. He's worried about consumers. He's worried about money and politics. Ralph is just, he's the, I believe even before you were a fair poster, he was a fair poster. Ralph Nader is the honest man in the discourse. Yeah, I love Ralph. We love Ralph. Uh, Every time you click your seatbelt, you can just say thank you, Ralph. Yeah, I'm gonna pat. Yeah, I'm gonna write a policy paper saying that we should mandate that car say thank you, Ralph. Yeah. Whenever you click, like anytime just like it's click, gotta it's play it out of the like uh, media thing. Thank you, Ralph. Yeah. Yeah. Every time. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think that's perfect. Or instead of the beeps, it's like yeah. you're disappointing, Ralph. You're disappointing. Yeah. When you unbuckle your seatbelt, but you're still in the driver's seat, mm -hmm. and the car starts beeping at you, instead it should be Nader's voice saying, "Put your seatbelt on." Yeah, that would be great. Oh my God, I would. That would Put be your really seatbelt on. This isn't safe. Yeah, that should be an option at least. You should be able to select that in your multimedia. Yeah thing on the dashboard yeah that would whip i would do that uh anyway so we have a great uh we have a great audience uh diverse crowd uh really appreciate you guys a lot yeah no I, I, this is really fun and and i hope you know especially if we if we can get funding going you know it's going to make it a lot easier to to do fun stuff for you and to yeah you and to be motivated and hook you up with the swag stuff. that you like uh and give you some special tidbits and that sort of stuff we will do some special tidbits we have uh some new projects coming up from both of us soon uh interesting stuff is on the way uh, i will keep you apprised of that uh in the meantime thanks for listening and uh, we'll see you next time. Yep. Bye. Bye-bye.